Welcome to the beginning. Welcome to the beginning. Thank you for listening to RGCWV, Random Geek Culture in West Virginia, where we talk about all things geek. We're talking about all kinds of culture, like toys, video games, TV, movies, and anything that tickles our little geek fancy. Now, I ask everybody, what makes them geek out? One of the things that makes me geek out is everything Dragon Ball. We're talking about Dragon Ball Z. We're talking about Dragon Ball Super. We're talking about the original. We're we're not talking about Dragon Ball GT. Nobody likes that. Agreed. But I do like the movies, too. <laughs> so, Jason. Yes. Everybody, say hi to Jason. Hey, Jason. 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 <laughs> hello. Well, hello, everyone. It's a okay, Jason, Jason. Let's start yeah. right into it. What makes you geek out? Well, actually, I pretty much geek out anything movie-wise. Uh, I've always been a big geek when it comes to anything Marvel and DC, as okay. well as uh, science fiction, Star Trek, Star Wars, uh, Stargate, Doctor Who's uh, probably been the newest uh, fandom I've picked up in the last five years or so. So, Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. I'm the one who got him hooked on Doctor Who, and, and by then we've watched everything there, there was in the new series. And like a year later, like not only had he watched the whole series, but he watched like every episode he could find from the fifty years past. That's a devoted fan. You know, when, when Mike told me about this podcast, he goes, "You know, Luke really likes the game, the uh, gaming aspect." And I'm like, "Oh, well, the classic love of like the uh, uh, Super and the original Nintendo and all that kind of stuff." So I can geek out about that. <laughs> he just started laughing. He's like, "Okay." Yeah, I always say, uh, like, Luke is my ga- gamer friend, and, and Jason is my movie friend, so I'm kind of the center of that Venn diagram. <laughs> uh, although, I don't know, I, I kind of dabble in, like, movies, music, and games. Like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a surface level. I'm, I'm kind of a uh, geek of all trades, a master of none. Ah, that's, that's, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, um, did you guys see the news from the last week? Uh, about well, about classic video games. No, uh, go ahead and refresh me because I'm not really sure. Okay, so Sony just announced the PlayStation Classic coming out in the next couple months. Yes, yes, yes. Do you remember the Sony PlayStation? Uh, yes, I do. Very much so. I never got it, believe it or not. I didn't jump aboard uh, uh, PlayStation until the PS2. Oh, okay. Oh. Good system. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was uh, I, I kind of dug my heels in for the N sixty four as long as possible, and then it was probably I, I would say probably in college everyone had Madden, and I was like, oh, well, I guess I, I'm going to have to get a PS two to play all the games everyone else is playing because everyone yeah. plays you know sport games and stuff. So Sony is coming out with a a PlayStation Classic. Uh-huh. And there's a whole bunch of stuff that it's going to have. It's going to have two controllers, classic controllers, so not dual analog, dual shock. It's just going to have regular digital buttons, HDMI output, and a uh, USB, the USB power for the uh, AC. But it has something that's very intriguing. It said that it has a working open button to change out virtual disks. That's just where you hide your donuts. 
Sony didn't expound on this, and there's a lot of people that are speculating, and this was one thing me and Mike were talking about. What if you can add more games to it? Uh, last year, I bought the uh, Nintendo Classic that they had for sale, because, you know, I was like, oh, all the old games. And the only thing that I didn't like about it, they only give you a limited, like, I think it's like 20 NS, uh, original yeah. Nintendo games. Yeah, and something like that. That might be a possibility, and I'm really hoping that they do add that. Because sure. then Sony doesn't have to worry about a lot of licensing issues that Nintendo has to worry about. So right. they can leave the door open for a company like Capcom to release a whole pack of games on their own cartridge. Sony takes a cut, but Capcom gets to capitalize on the market that Sony has just opened. Yeah, um, it sounds like a no-brainer. Yeah, it does. It does. So, we were just talking about classic games, and Mike had mentioned uh, N64. This is one <laughs> of the things that we hope the N64 Classic has. Okay, so one of the roadblocks that they're running into right now um, for the N64 Classic, is half of the good games were developed by Rareware. Mm-hmm. So but um, you, you, you're golden now. You're perfect dark. You're uh, Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Tooie, okay. Conker's Bad Fur Day, um, even um, uh, Donkey Kong. Oh, you mentioned Donkey Kong Country. Um, Billy Pig. Although uh, that that one may be okay because that was on the Super NES Classic. I think they uh, um, retained the uh, licensing rights all the way through its life, so I don't think that's a problem. And this episode brought to you by HeartSpark from, from, from Crescent Books. Check it out this November. November 7th, correct? Uh, tentatively. I just say November for now. What games do you guys want to see on, or if the game is expandable, what game would you like to be able to buy later? Uh, Shadows of the Empire. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a good choice. Uh, I'm, I'm going to free some critical ones. Um, uh, was Ocarina? That, yeah, yeah, Ocarina. Well, Ocarina, that's a Nintendo title, so it's going to be on there. So that well, doesn't count. Okay, fair enough. I, I don't miss Go Harvest Moon 64, even though I didn't play that one. That was my oh, brother's favorite one. That's my favorite one. I <laughs> love that one. I was going to say Wave Race next, but. but oh, crap. Wave oh, Race is good. Yeah. Yeah. Has some great water effects in it. Yeah, it did. Well, it's a fun for, game anyway. Yeah. I so, have uh, one that you guys probably haven't even considered. All right, go that? for it. Um, because you've already mentioned all mine. I mean, GoldenEye is definitely one. I mean, Conker's Bad Fur Day, that's, that's one I've already mentioned. Um, but there's one that I just I really want on there, and it's uncommon. But for some reason, it was one of the best installments in this series. Duke Nukem. Uh, do you remember the Duke Nukem oh, for 64? I do I do remember the Duke Nukem And also Zero Hour. Yeah. It was good, wasn't it? Yeah, it actually was. Uh, it was one of those surprising games. That I never owned it, actually. But every one of my friends' house I go over, we always just sat around and played that for hours. Yeah, that was, was a good fun. game. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that right there. So. I just googled the, the list of like N64 games and looking down that list, like every single one except for the the rare games were, were 
ones for Nintendo that made my Nintendo. Yeah. I like so so I'm like okay I can't pick anything. Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, moving on. Yeah. There we go. That'll moving work. on to the next topic. <laughs> okay, so I have a topic for you, Jason. Yeah. Because you're our movie buff. Okay. And it's one that I am so excited about. Okay. The Bohemian Rhapsody movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, super excited, especially with the Queen songs and everything. It looks amazing, especially the trailer. Yeah. I watched the trailer like three or four times already. So yeah. I'm like, wow. I watched so. the uh, trailer almost uh, at least once a week for the last like several months. Mm-hmm. I've seen it maybe three times. It, it is pretty solid. It is. It is. Yeah. And and it's kind of one of those things you're like looking at the you know with the Freddie Mercury uh, story you're just like I know what happened and you always hear the legend but to actually see it kind of played out you're kind of like I I kind of still want to go see that and see exactly how crazy they're going to amp up his story and everything so, yeah, yeah. I, I remember watching the uh, behind the music for Queen and back in the nineties mm-hmm. and I remember just being glued to the television on that so yeah. I'm, I'm curious to see that actually play out cinematically. Now the actor that uh, played uh, that's playing Freddie Mercury, I saw a couple episodes of um, what is it, Mr. Robot. Robot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, have mm-hmm. you watched all of that, Jason? I have not. I, that is one of those shows you hear about all the time, and I hate to say it, it I'm like uh, I'm, I'm one of these people. If so many people tell me you got to go watch this, you got to go watch this, I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. But I'll, I'm going to wait a while until a season or two is out, then I'll go binge watch. I did the same thing with like Breaking Bad and some of the other classic shows. Yeah. I waited, and then when it's like either near the end or close to the end, I'll binge it to get it. Like I'll purge my system of it because I was like, yeah, I'll go knock it all out, and then I'm good. So but, I'm kind of the same way, and yeah. um, I, I'm mostly entirely streaming now. And I don't yeah. know if uh, if it's on any of the streaming services. I, I haven't checked Hulu for it. I, but, uh, I don't think it is, but I mean, if it is. It's on it Amazon. Amazon, yeah. okay. It's yeah. a yeah. Uh, exclusive, I think. I think they produced it. But I'm kind of the same way, too. I like to wait till a show's over or just about over. So, yeah. I, I, I hate getting caught by cliffhangers. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Now, that's the one thing I learned from Star Trek. You better love cliffhangers. So. <laughs> well, here's a question. Here's a question. That being said, uh-huh. in us living in the streaming era, is it making people not want to watch a show because they know a cliffhanger is going to happen? That they want to wait a little bit longer before something, before they sit down and watch all of it? I, I think so. I think so too, and I'm that way with uh, like Game of Thrones in particular. I will not watch that until it's over. Yeah, me too. I'm actually the exact same way. Like everyone's pushed Game of Thrones on me, and the sad truth is, I I have probably heard every spoiler that there's possibly going to hear. But I know me, and when I watch that for the first time, I'm going to be like, "Oh no, I did not see this coming." And exactly. Of course, I've, I've known it for years, or or and then you're like like. Um, when I was going through Doctor Who the first time, Mike kind of gave me a, a big spoiler. Oh, yeah, Mike did tell me that was going to happen. And, you know, you just completely forget about it because, you know, I guess you know, your brain is uh, programmed to forget everything you know and just be in the, in the story, if you will. So. I did that with uh, Breaking Bad, too, um, where I, I knew everything that happened in it, but, but reading about it and then actually watching it play out is two completely different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I mean, look at the uh, House of Cards. Every season of that show, they try to leave you either on a major cliffhanger or they end the show not really on a cliffhanger, but something crazy just happens. And you're like, well, what happens next after all that? You know, it's one of those types of, uh, of, of uh, storylines that you're like, well, I have no idea what's going to happen next. It's not really a cliffhanger, but all the story you were looking for is played out. And now where do they go from there? And, well, I mean, you've so, got your classic escalation. Yeah, you know, you got exactly. something that, you know, it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And you're like, where are they supposed to go from here? Exactly. And two things usually happen. And they've made it too big that they can't keep up with it. Or they find ways to continue the story, but in a different direction. I, I think one of the best shows that actually did do that was like Breaking Bad. You know, that show... Right. Literally took a person who was a, uh, a a teacher who was literally a dead end and shows it how you become a serial killer, drug dealer, and all this kind of stuff. And it's a, like a logical step of how each thing. I mean, sure, there's like uh, outrageous uh, moments in the show, but as you are going through that show, you're kind of doing the whole thing of you're just like cringing because you're like, oh, don't do that. That's not going to turn out good. And then, sure enough, it doesn't turn out good. Or, yeah. oh, don't do that. That's not going to end well. And, and, of course, it doesn't end well. Uh, look at How I Met Your Mother. That's a perfect example. They try to end that show every year with some sort of a cliffhanger where we're going to find out who the mother is eventually. And every year you think it's going to be the next season you started up. God, I didn't and even after- want to talk about that show. I mean, <laughs> oh, my God. See, that's the yeah. thing. That's the thing. Yeah. The- <laughs> show endings is a perfect example of if you screw it up, nobody's ever going to want to watch it. Yeah. I mean, How I I Met Your Mother, I I loved that show. But I don't want to go back and watch it again. Yeah, especially (laughs) if you know the ending. And and what was the funny thing, me and Mike laughed about this too, is then they tried to correct the, the, the ending episode. There's a version where you can watch where she doesn't die at the end. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it better. I liked it better, too. You're going to notice I stayed quiet that whole time because, um, unpopular opinion, I enjoyed the original ending. You see? See? I And I have several friends who like that, too. That's real life right there. That's how life usually goes and all this kind of stuff. But go ahead. Uh, and that, well, that's exactly the way I felt about it, is, is, is that it just seemed very lifelike for uh, uh ending to play out after nine seasons. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm someone who is uh, notoriously a fan of down endings, so that that's, that just plays into my preferences, anyways. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, what's your favorite movie, Mike Scott Pilgrim versus the World? That kind of ends on a down kind of ending, right? Yeah, for the most part. Like, um, no, see, that's uh, the thing. I feel like that movie ends up on a hopeful ending. You know, it's it's kind of a, you know, what's yeah. going to happen next? Uh, you know, but. I'm sure he'll be okay. I'm sure he'll figure yeah. it out. Well, let, let me let me tell you my favorite movie with a down ending. Okay. And that is 12 Monkeys. Oh, my God. That's a good movie. I, I love the way that ended. <laughs> because he causes the future. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah is- well, he, he can't actually stop it, and, he, and he, he dies, and he watches himself die. Spoilers. Yeah. And, and that's just, you know, the, the way it's going to be. Yeah, yeah. And, and you have to accept it when you walk away from that experience. That, that... I never yeah, thought about I, the similarities between that and Looper. Oh, oh yeah. 
inevitable ending, and Bruce Willis sees himself die. Yep. Hi, and it is Bruce Willis. That's that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh. Huh. Hadn't thought about that. But it, it's funny you bring up Looper because over the weekend I watched Brick, which was Ryan Johnson's first movie. Hmm. Oh. And, and it, it was very interesting. I mean, it, it was shot on, on a low budget. Um, one of the things that felt very vindicated watching it is, is I came to discover that the main character, and it's it's like a high school uh, detective drama type thing. It, it's it's very interesting, but, but uh, the main character is inspired by Spike from Cowboy Bebop. Oh, really? and, you, and you can see it in the mannerisms. Huh. That's a good show. So, I never so, put that together. So I, I just like knowing that uh, I'm not the only person who t- took a lot of inspiration from Cowboy Bebop <laughs> when, when crafting my own uh, concepts. Hartsburg, coming to a bookstore near you and <laughs> Amazon. And, Bounty Hunters in Space, but that's where the similarities end. Available and hackers. And hackers. So, uh, Jason, um, from what I understand, you had a few uh, subjects for us. Spin off on why you might like or think something is a certain way that most people think is kind of crazy. And my, I guess the example I have is most of the community seemed to love Logan because they thought that was a very well done movie. I personally did not care for Logan, and people look at me like I'm crazy because I was like, eh, I'm good. I'm good with Logan. So I don't know what to say about it. I don't know. No, I see. That's you know what? That's exactly what the segment is, though. We're we're doing unpopular opinions. Okay, can I go over the reasons why I liked it? Go for it. Okay. Go. So we already talked about the uh, the, the one of the reasons why I liked it because I liked the old Logan series. I also liked it because it it wasn't like any of the other X Men movies. It didn't have the class or anything like that. It didn't have like, you know, this overpowered story or whatever. Right. It, yeah. And it wasn't even just that it was a journey movie. It was a torch passing movie. Mm-hmm. And that that's sense. something you don't see very often in theater. And mm-hmm. I liked it. I appreciated it. Mm-hmm. Consider your point defended. And that's kind of what I do like about the movie is so many of your characters. That's the problem with Marvel movies in general. Yeah. A good start opening movie. And then about chapter two, three to 2000, because they're all, I hate to say it, they still are all somewhat of a cliffhanger when you go into your Marvel movies and stuff. But very few times do you have an ending movie to a character, and that's what that movie is. It's actually his ending character movie, and that that I did like. I just the the and again, these are pet peeves of mine. And it's one of the reasons why I'm like I did not like that. Is it totally uh, take a little bit of the spirit of the last couple of movies they made away? You know, mm-hmm. that does make I mean, sense. That's my only thing. But I did like that it was the ending for Wolverine because. How many movies has he did? Hugh Jackson do like, like eight of them or something? Seven or eight. Yeah, I, I think it was yeah. actually more like ten. Oh. Yeah, I um, mean, okay. If you count cameos. Yeah. Yeah, if you count cameos. So here's another question. Since sure. we're on the uh, subject of X Men, okay. are you afraid 
that they are going to just repeat Last Stand with Dark Phoenix. I, I, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. You're the host. Go. <laughs> All right. I, 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 I think that because they spent the last several movies after Last Stand apologizing for Last Stand and finding ways to, to retcon Last Stand, I don't think they're going to make the same mistake. All right. Well, uh, um, I'm worried. And the only reason why I'm worried is because, you know, you don't hear anything more of it. And they've had it done in the can for a while. And now they're going back and redoing stuff. We're just coming back and making it more awesome and everything. Or, or even solo for that matter. Or solo, where they reshot like 70% of the movie. I mean, it's those types of things. You're just like, sometimes it works. Rogue One, they went back and reshot some stuff. And Rogue yeah, went One well. went very well. But. Solo, is, and, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't mind. I didn't mind Solo. Solo I didn't mind was an it okay movie. I liked it, yeah. actually. I liked it. Yeah. So something just came out, an article just came out this morning um, that was okay. to bring X-Men into the MCU. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they have to, this to back up, and I really, really like the gu- uh, guy that did the article, his research, so, as you know, Disney owns Marvel now, mm-hmm. and they own the parent company of Marvel Comics. Mm-hmm. And I think it was a year ago, maybe. Yeah, I think it, it was less than a year ago. Um, Beast was talking to a whole series of students, and he was essentially saying that the only thing that they really know about where the X gene came from was some divine intervention that created the X gene and got worked through the general human DNA. The article was essentially saying is when these people come back from the snap, that's there will be a not like a whole X Men population, not like half of the world's population that will have the X gene. Mm-hmm. If they that do sense. that, I can get behind it. No, I agree. I in another thing that they had uh, outlined in the article was the fact that the the Space Gem had created two mutants already. Mm-hmm. Quicksilver and um Scarlet Witch. Ah. Ah. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it totally makes sense. Yeah, well, it's not. It's don't you mean it's the mind gym? Because in the mind gym, what they use from Loki Stepper, and that's the ones that they made Charlotte with and Quicksilver. I concede to you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Uh-huh. You're right. Ah, uh-huh. yeah. slam dunk. <laughs> but yeah, I, I still see what you're where you're going at, and that's like that was. I don't know why, but the most important. Uh, stone for Thanos to collect there at the end of the movie, and it took him forever to you know, get to it and everything. But mm-hmm. once he had that, I mean, that's when the snap happened. So. Yeah. So okay, fact, I have one. Go for it. And I thought about this a lot today after you sent that, the uh, message. Good. And I, I was trying to come up with a good one. And here's my favorite. Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. Now, a lot of people don't like the movie. That's fine. They're entitled to their opinion. That movie definitely had faults. I wouldn't be a true geek if I didn't accept that there is no perfect media. 
Okay. Sure. His character was so smart. It was so well developed. Because there's nowhere where a person does not evolve over time. Yeah. And the fact that they took that into consideration to that degree to a guy that <laughs> maybe spoiler if you don't want to be spoiled in the next movie, just don't listen to this next part. <laughs> maybe his he lost his wife. Mm-hmm. So Okay, now you can listen again. <laughs> he watched his entire cabinet get destroyed, and now he's just trying to die, just trying to live out his days mm-hmm. as a hermit? Mm-hmm. H- how did they not portray him right? I feel like they portrayed him perfectly. I feel like they did a ex- they did an exceptional job with him. And here's another thing. Hats off to Mark Hamill, who has gone on record and said, I still don't fully understand the Luke Skywalker in The Last Jedi. But even despite that, he still delivered an amazing performance. Mm-hmm. I agree. He, I mean... If that doesn't say a lot for Mark Hamill, I don't know what does. Yeah, uh, I will say if if you're coming for us to dispute you on that, you you, you will not find yeah, a, he, a Last Jedi well, hater here. <laughs> yeah, we actually, me and Mike talk about this. Say, I don't know what everyone's talking about. I thought it was amazing. I love the ending to the Last Jedi, especially the big reveal at the end. Yeah, and everything. I mean that, and then you go back and you two or three times, and you start catching little things like. You know, the, my favorite part, and it's funny because uh, my fiance she hates the ending to The Last Jedi. She says it's boring, it's predictable, it's it's nothing. Uh, I She figures it out immediately. I'm like, well, you're, I mean, you're a lot smarter than me because I did not see the twist there. I should have picked up on it because the clues are always there. And I guess maybe I'm just simple-minded with that stuff. I love the ending when he shows up, and and the, and the biggest thing that kind of cracks me up is he looks younger because he sees himself being younger than what he really is. They make a point of even coloring his hair and and, and cutting it down when he has to face Kylo Ren there at the end. Yeah. From a cinematic standpoint, uh, that last half hour has two of the best shots in the whole Star Wars series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, Luke facing down the uh, the walkers? All the walkers. Oh my god! Yeah. That, that took my breath away in the theater. Yeah. And the, the shot of him kissing uh, Leia on the forehead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those two shots there just were solid. It, you, you know what? I don't even think that it's that he saw himself no. as an old man. Yeah. It's that exactly. he felt that he was going to be more imposing as a younger man. Sure. Yeah, it makes. It's just makes so many, so many levels to that. Well, yeah. I, I think too that that's the way that Kylo Ren remembered him, so he wanted to present himself in that exact way. And that yeah. makes sense too. Yeah. Someone came up with the theory that that Luke is actually a bigger hero than fans give him credit for, because if you go back to the philosophy that they set up in some of the prequel episodes. There's supposedly always has to be balance, right? Mm-hmm. So Luke forcibly stops uh, being connected to the Force, like you see that they talk about right there. And as a result, 
because he's not connected to the force and, and his great power is not growing, the evil side cannot grow as, uh, as well to counter the good balance. And he learned more or less that if he shut himself off, then it puts evil in check until it can be taken care of later on type thing. And I was like, I never thought about that, but that kind of oh, makes that, sense. Actually, that's a good point because maybe that's why he refused to train Ray. Exactly. Exactly. Because huh. then if you, if you know, it's classic, if you build up the good side, then, or I, I build up my uh, army, my enemy has to match my power, or I'm always going to be overtaken. Yeah. The escalation concept. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> okay. So anyway, is there anything that you guys wanted to go over right before uh, we left? Right before we got off? I'm I'm pretty satisfied with where we are at. Yeah, yeah, me too. More stuff to talk about. Oh, there is one thing I want to mention on the podcast that um, we were talking about last week. Um, and it did make the final cut, so it did go out. Yay. Uh, um, and that is the Nintendo Online Service. Oh, yes. Okay, so they just put out a press release yesterday. <laughs> and it was a um, clarification on what would happen if you canceled your account or it didn't get paid for. Or you didn't update your credit card information. They said that um, your account information will stay on their servers up to six months after you're not paying for it. All right. So that means that if you're not paying for it and then you reactivate your account, you can re-download your game saves. Gotcha. So, so, but if you're a deadbeat for half a year, then too too damn bad. Yeah, sorry, you lose sorry about luck. your luck. Sorry about yeah. your luck. Mm. It'd be nice if uh, Nintendo could create some kind of I don't know backout system where you can <laughs> back it up to an SD card. That'd be nice. <laughs> that, that would be interesting. Um. Oh, one other point about Nintendo. Try On Amazon, they just released the Switch. Super Smash Brothers bundle with the exclusive oh. docking station and controllers. And nice. guess who just bought it? I'm going to assume you did. I did. I did. I'm happy. Good. I'm happy. Good job. Good job. Yeah. Happy. Yeah. Like, uh, since the Wii? <laughs> you bought a what? I haven't bought a Nintendo. Oh, since the Wii. Okay. I don't, I don't think Luke has either. <laughs> no, I didn't buy the, the uh, Wii U. I I didn't. I don't think I, anybody did. No. Yeah, I don't no. think so. Nintendo did really bad for that respect. And, and he's currently using a borrowed Switch. Hint, hint. hint oh. Hint. <laughs> but you know you're gonna get that back soon. Hello. <laughs> I'm gonna get mine. I'm gonna get mine uh, November second in the nice. mail. Nice. Just uh, in time for Smash Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. And I've already got my online service, so... Um, oh, since we're on the uh, topic of consoles, real quick. Uh, we may be able to, in the near future, play Fallout 76 together. All right. Nice. Guess what 
Sony just announced today. They're, they're going to allow everybody to play? They are going to entertain the idea of cross-platform, <laughs> and then they're going to start with Fortnite. Okay. Like you do. Like you do. One, one note on Fortnite. Um, that is how I knew that I was old. It's because because didn't I, know what Fortnite I, was? Well, because I got it, and I downloaded it, and I played it for like two hours, and I was like, okay, these damn kids keep beating me up, and I don't think I want anything more to do with them. Delete. Nobody's good at the game. Everybody thinks they are, but they're not. They're not. I am they're def- not ninja. Uh, I am definitely not. All right. Welcome to the end, everybody. Welcome, welcome to the end. <laughs> Thank you for listening to RGCWV Random Geek Culture in West Virginia. I want to thank Jason Smith for joining us tonight and testing out the mobile capabilities of uh, our podcast. Thank you, Jason, for joining us. Well, thank you for having me. You gave us a lot of good insight on another site of geek culture. So yeah. thank you for that as well. We uh, we might have, we might ask you back a couple times after this. No, that's fine. I'll, I'll, as long as I get my little bed up. <laughs> Say that again. I yes. said as long as I get my little girl to bed, I'll be fine. Yeah, we are all fathers here, so uh, we all understand that. We've all been there. Yeah. And uh, Mike, thank you again for uh, joining me as my co-host. Sure thing. And uh, give us a HeartSpark plug just for uh, consistency. HeartSpark, coming in November from Crescent Books. Buy it on Amazon in paperback or digital. Welcome to the end. Welcome to the (laughs) end, everybody. Now, our podcast has been distributed on several different platforms. You can check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Stitcher. Oh, also, this was all distributed by Anchor.fm. If you haven't checked out Anchor.fm, Anchor.fm has made it very easy for new podcasters to get their podcasts distributed to multiple different platforms. With the click of one button. Now, Anchor.fm has not paying me to say this. I just found that this is the easiest, most simplistic platform to publish across multiple different platforms that I have found. It's not only free, but it is all easy to use. Now, you might be wondering how Anchor gets its money. The only thing that I can see so far within the system is that you can easily set up support the podcaster system they take a cut of this which in my book is perfectly fine if they if somebody wants to donate to me and anchor takes a little cut i think they deserve it now thank you for hanging on to listen to the end to my little plug about anchor.fm and all of the podcast platforms that we recently got published on thank you to all of our fan now if you are our fan please email us we'd like to know who you are that email address is 
randomwvgeek at gmail.com. Again, that's randomwvgeek at gmail.com. We'd like to hear your thoughts, maybe some input, and also if you have any questions for us, we might even bring that up on the podcast. Again, thank you for listening to RGCWV.